You're evidently all feeling very social, so let's exhort one another with a good uh, word of faith. Let's see, turn, turn to somebody to your left or right and, and say to them, um, keep it real. Keep it real. Keep it real. Always a great thing to do uh, for people of faith or, or people seeking uh, to try to, to, to keep it real. Uh, no faking. Uh, no faking. Um, no, no pretending. I think there's a lot of power in simple honesty. Uh, I think about that more and more as I get older. This is, uh, this is New Year's, right? And so people are sharing a lot of their New Year's resolutions and stuff like that. I was, um, I was reading and passing this article about um, uh, how everybody tries to lose weight, uh, you know, at, at the beginning of, of uh, the new year and there are all these gimmicks. And what was popular this year in terms of weight loss strategies, this was, this was the idea. And uh, the, uh, the most popular ingredient of faddish weight loss strategies is uh, to tell people that you'll never be hungry, right? You can lose, you can lose weight and never, never be hungry. And I, and I thought to myself, I think that's faking. Uh, and then I really thought about it because, you know, I am an inveterate geek, right? I, re- I get into these things and like to think about the science and stuff. There's this, uh, there's this weight loss sort of health thing going on now called intermittent fasting. Do you know this? Oh, yeah. Right? That's right. That's, oh, super popular, right? It's, it's terrible. You hate it. <laughs> Unfortunately, it like really, really works. Um, and the idea is that you, you, you don't even necessarily need to reduce your calories. You just need to eat your calories within a given time window. Like if you, uh, I think the basic research is if you only eat 12 hours within 12 hour windows of the day. So half the day you eat zero calories and then the other half the day you can eat regular. As long as you give your stomach 12 empty hours, you will lose weight. And then there's sort of gradations of this. If you give your stomach 14 empty hours or 16 empty hours is like sort of optimal, they say, um, then you will lose weight. Why? Well, because your body has systems for hunger. Like when you get hungry, then and only then does your body start releasing all your fat resources, you know, and everybody just like, yeah, I got some fat resources. Uh, and so hunger is the whole key, right? Look, which is to say emptiness is the whole key and hunger is just a signal that we have for emptiness. Your body is completely designed to manage hunger well. And then there are like all these diets that say, no, no, you're going to get what you want without uh, triggering that, that body mechanism. Anyway, faking. Fads are often sort of faking. That has nothing to do with hearing the voice of God, uh, but, but something to do with, uh, with sort of living, living honestly and thinking things through in an honest way. So let's warm up now as we prep to hear the voice of God this morning. Here's your warm-up question. I'm going to give you eight seconds to think about this, and I'm just going to go with our number one lead discipleship question at Blue Water Mission. Are you ready? What's God been saying to you recently? What's God been saying to you recently? I'm going to give you eight seconds to think about it. What's God been saying to you recently? Now you might be thinking, I came to a prophecy service so that God would say something to me. So shut up, Jordan. Um, 
that's my, that's my favorite question. I learned that question when I was in uh, college. There was this older student in my campus fellowship who would ask everybody that. She'd take you out to coffee and sit down and say, so, you know, Jordan, what's God been saying to you recently? And, and, and I just, I was riveted by that question. Nobody had ever asked me that before. You know, and I'd got church here and there as I was growing up. I'd been a believer uh, a fair amount of time by then. And, and, but I felt like a wild Christian because, you know, my, my family wasn't church going or anything. So I thought, is this something that I've missed? This, this is something that Christians do, right? They ask each other what God has been saying to them recently. But I found that, well, actually, a lot of Christians don't ask each other that question. But I found it so useful. And then I started using it with everybody that I was trying to influence in the world. I just sit down with my Christian brothers and sisters and say, well, what's God been saying to you recently? And be like, uh. And I found that the most interesting Christians had an answer. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the Christians that were sort of groping through life, you know, they did not, which meant, oh, this is a really good question for me to use. And then I started using the question with non-Christians and non-believers. Hey, man, what's God been saying to you recently? And it's like, well, I, 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 I've never thought about it. I, I'm not even sure that I believe in God. Oh, great. What do you think he's saying right now? And... and, and <laughs> And then I just had the most interesting sorts of conversations. And, and over the years, I've, just, I've used that question more than any other question I've ever used. And I think one thing it does is it, it sort of rivets you honestly to the moment, right? It's, it's a way to keep it real. It's a way to keep it real. Uh, it forces you, it, like if you're a believer, to think, well, you know, am I really following God, or am I just following some ideas about God and stuff like that? Have I really checked in with the living Lord? I mean, it's, you know, your answer may be yes, no, maybe not as much as I should have, but whatever your answer is, it has helped to keep you real. You know, such a, such a great uh, uh, question. If, it, if you're a non-believer, then I just think it's a reality check. What if he is saying something? How does he say something? Stuff like that. Uh, is he speaking through the world? Is he speaking through the universe? Um, it's part of, of honest seeking. We follow after uh, a living God, and we're not just going through the motions uh, a little bit. Um, I uh, uh, was reading some, some news this week, and uh, I was reading this, like this quote from a political figure, never mind which one, <laughs> who was talking about... Uh, you know, this one of, one of the big social questions. And he said, well, I searched my conscience and I came up with this, this answer. And, and I immediately thought to myself, cynic that I am, I wouldn't search your conscience. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a reliable indicator of much of anything, actually. Like, I, I think you probably killed your conscience a long time ago. Your conscience is locked in a room somewhere crying. That's what... That's, that's what's going on with you, you know, just full of grace and mercy. That was my attitude. But then I thought to myself, I wouldn't search my conscience to know what to do either. And I've trained my conscience as much as I can my entire life. Uh, if, I, if I really wanted to know what to do, I would search God, right? I would search, I would search after his voice. Now, sometimes, you know, he pricks me in my conscience and, and, you know, makes me pay attention to things. But, but if I want to know what to do, where to go, what to think, if I am in need of a piece of wisdom, I don't look within, you know. Um, well, that's a good start, I guess, if you've trained yourself up. 
if you've trained yourself up. If God is speaking, uh, we should be listening. If God is speaking, and that's probably you know the best source of relationship with God. Uh, as my wife tells me, conversation is the bedrock of relationship. And if God is speaking, we should be listening and not just uh, speaking uh, to God. Is God speaking to you is the question of the day. Is God speaking to us uh, as a group? Um, my summary of this book, the Bible, is, is this. If, if you've never read the Bible and you want to know basically what it is, this is the Bible. I'm going to summarize it uh, to you in a sentence. God speaks supernaturally to humans, and they respond, and cool things happen. There you go. Nah, you don't need to read it. No, 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 I'm a pastor. I can't say that. Read it. But every cool story in the Bible is that. Every cool story in the Bible is God supernaturally speaks to a human being. And so if the Bible teaches us to expect anything, right, the Bible expects us, it teaches us to expect God to speak to us, right? And then the Bible has a lot of things to say about how God speaks uh, and how you put yourself in a better position to hear what you have to do to be a good hearer to God because he doesn't necessarily always make himself uh, obvious. Uh, And even when he does, sometimes you miss it. Sometimes you miss it. Um, And there's lots of funny stories in the Bible about that, people being visited by angels and they think they're enemies and stuff. Um, So... The scriptural stories expect us, uh, teach us to expect that God uh, would be speaking in accordance with Scripture. You know, that, that's basically uh, the idea. Um, and there are so many examples uh, in Scripture about that, but I thought I'd just read a few verses uh, from 1 Corinthians today to kind of set us uh, in the mood. Uh, <clears throat> 1 Corinthians uh, is from a section of the Bible that we call the Epistles, and the Epistle. The, epistle, the word epistle is a fancy word for letter. Letters that were written by senior leaders of what was coming to be called the Christian movement in the world, the Jesus movement. And uh, they would write these letters and then they would circulate them around the world because uh, churches were multiplying. And, uh, you know, there were no phones, there were no, e- there was no email, so you'd, you'd write these letters and then people would sort of circulate them around all these villages and cities where there were churches and people would read them. And, and therefore, they're filled with practical advice. They're, some of them are filled with theological insight, but a lot of them are just filled with practical advice. I love 1 Corinthians. There's a lot of practical advice in it. And right in the, in the center of it, 12, 13, 14, there's all this practical advice about how to minister to each other and how to run church services and stuff like that. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul, the author of the letter, is talking to the Christians in Corinth uh, about uh, uh, how to run a church service. And you have to read the chapter sometime, uh, but the idea is like there's so much going on. The Holy Spirit is doing so much in the room when you're doing a church service that good leadership means trying to keep track of it all and organize it all and sort of make it work smoothly together. This is what he says about hearing the voice of God in a group like this. He says, look, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, okay, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Uh, There's stuff before that, and there's stuff after that. 
But this is like his idea of a normal church service. His idea of a normal church service is that there'll be some people in the church, call them prophets. What are prophets? Well, traditionally, they're people that are just particularly good at hearing or sensing the supernatural voice of God in sort of real time. So they can tell you, oh, this is what God is doing. This is what God is saying right now, I believe. You know, they're not perfect, but they're pretty good at it. And in any given church service, there's going to be a number of them, right? At least two or three. In the Old Testament, there were two or three prophets per generation. Uh, but in the Christian era, you know, there are two, three, four, five, six prophets per church. Uh, because we're in the age of the Holy Spirit, where God's Spirit is really accessible to us. There's a lot of theology behind that, but there you go. And the problem in church, as Paul says, is that too many prophets have prophecies to share. And so, look, just let, let a handful of them speak, you know, and if someone, one of them who's sitting down wants to speak, then the others just need to shut up. In other words, they need to learn to work together. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the issue. At any given church service, God will be saying so much that your main challenge will be to keep it organized. And that's normal church life, as Paul sees it. So we have strived uh, to do that at, you know, Blue Water Mission to make space for God to speak through normal channels, prophecy being his normal channel. Everybody can hear from God, everybody. In the Bible, the wickedest king ever had prophetic dreams from God, King Nebuchadnezzar. You know, so anybody can hear from God. Some people do it as a ministry for others. And so that's what, that's what we're doing at our annual prophecy service. That's what today is at Blue Water uh, Mission. This is part of a normal Christian gathering. Uh, we check in. We make space to hear the supernatural voice of God uh, at every Sunday service. But we just set aside one Sunday in January to really uh, lean in together because, you know, it's the new year. And it's a great time to get encouragements and direction from the Lord and to ask ourselves and one another, so what's God said to you recently? What's God said to you recently? Hey, maybe the prophets can help you out if you're not sure or if you need a confirmation or something like that. That's what uh, Sunday is about. There are challenges to hearing the voice of, of the Lord because God has gone out of his way to make life challenging so that everything we do requires trust, faith, right? So nothing's going to work out perfectly for us. So these prophets are going to stand up here and speak over the crowd in a second. Uh, they're exercising faith, right? They're, they're not 100% certain about anything. But they're generally pretty good, <laughs> you know, generally pretty accurate. And you'll see me kind of maybe helping them along or pushing them when they haven't gone far enough with the words. So maybe you can say more about that. Uh, and so your job is to sort of offer faith. If they totally whiff, uh, you know, they give you something, they give you a word that's totally inaccurate, then you are totally permitted to say, oh, no, that's not, that's not for me, that's not accurate. Uh, because it's better to fail honestly uh, and openly. Right? Because, again, nobody's uh, perfect. And these sorts of service, again, are how we keep ourselves honest. Right? So nobody, nobody is faking. Right? Dishonesty is counter to the heart of revelation. Counter to the heart uh, of prophecy. So what we're going to do, let me just explain how we're going to do it here, and then I'll invite up the first wave of prophetic types. Uh, we're just going to have uh, some people stand up here. Uh, they're going to call out individuals in the crowd. Uh, and if you would, if you get pointed out and you could just be brave, you could stand where you are 
so that at the very least, the other prophetic types could see you. You know, and maybe they'll get words uh, from you for you uh, as well. Uh, and uh, just kind of listen to what the prophets say. They're going to uh, try and tell you what they think they heard from God. They're going to try and interpret it and say, well, this is what I think it means. And they're going to try and maybe give you some idea about how to apply it in your life. That's kind of a good form uh, for prophecy, if they can. Um, they will probably not call out any of your secret sins. <laughs> probably. Uh, because uh, they're nice people, and if they were going to do that, they'd probably do it in private anyway. Yeah. Um, so no need to be afraid, uh, but we could lean in and uh, give some trust. Sounds good? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. This seems perfectly normal to everyone, correct? <laughs> perfectly normal. This is how church is supposed to operate, uh, according to Scripture. So, Father God, I pray... Uh, for the presence of your Holy Spirit in this house, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each individual and that words that the prophets would share over us today would simply be confirmation of stuff that you're already saying to our spirits. Indeed, Lord, you can speak to our conscience, uh, but speak to us today as well through one another. And we pray that the church would be strengthened, edified, and comforted in accordance with your will. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen. Amen. Let's call up uh, the first wave of prophetic elders. I mean, John and Janelle, maybe Vern can come up. And uh, there'll be some others later, but two or three should speak, and the others weigh carefully what is being said, and then they'll come up in turn. We'll use these uh, colored mics, Andy. Did you hear that? This is John. This is Janelle. That's Vernon. Okay. Who wants to go first? Oh, I'll Janelle. try one. Janelle will try one first. Okay, so I have a word for a woman in the back row. She's giving Samuel a hug right now. <laughs> yeah. Can you stand up? Um, what's your name? What is it? Kirsten. Kirsten. Okay, Kirsten. So I felt like um, God was showing me have a close family member around your age, maybe like a sibling or like a close cousin. Um, that you've been praying for for a while, like somebody who's kind of like going off track a little bit and like going in a direction that you know God doesn't want for them and you've been like praying very hard for this person. Does that make sense so far? Okay. So um, I feel like God wants to change your strategy for how to deal with this person. So I felt like so far you've been like on your knees, like praying, pleading with God, um, worrying about this person and, and the relationship hasn't been very good as you're trying to like check in with them. Are you doing okay? Um, but I saw God instead have you stand up like, like during worship with your hands up, you're in a posture of worship. And I felt like God said, he wants you to come at this with a strategy of like victory. Like instead of like, God, can you help me? Please help me. It's like, okay, God, you already saved this person. You've already won. And that's going to affect how you interact with them, like your attitude towards them, because instead of being worried and stressed and coming across as like, we need to help you, you're going to come across as like joyful and like excited and happy and like, okay, we got this, God's got them. And you're going to have a lot more faith and love in your conversations with that person. Um, so yeah, if that makes sense, pray more with you after, but yeah. Um, for this couple right here, um, by Jonathan, do you, um, you are, I, a, you are a couple, right? All right. Cause uh, that, that wasn't, that wasn't the prophetic word. 
Um, I felt like for you, um, sir, like that you you kind of it's a time to just decide to put down roots and I felt like God say any place is as good as any other you know like that it's time to just put those roots down and then there'll be I felt like just this tree of life and gathering and your guys home will be a place of of refuge and and for you I felt like it was really like God was like well wildness and sensibility are both a part of you it's a good time to be wild it's a good time to do the wild side. Just do the wild. And, you know, part of it is you being like, this is good. You know, like it's not time to kind of be still searching of God, where's next? What's next? Like just pick a place. Just pick a, pick a home. Pick a place to root yourself. And there will be blessings abounding and great gathering um, for you both. And for others. Yeah, for the kingdom. Does that seem to make sense? I think it will be very fruitful wherever you, you know, when, when you get to that place, do it, right? Even now, right? Just, this is as good a place as any to gather. What, what's your name, sir? I'm John. John? Um, do, uh, I'm seeing like, the, like the, the back of a, like an old style computer, all this circuitry and stuff like that. Do you have like technical skills? Do you work in that, wor- that world? Hands on. I what I what I feel is that um, um, what I feel is that you have a trade, and that wherever you go, you can do that trade. It's like tent making, you know, like in, Paul used to make tents everywhere. That you have a, a good trade, uh, and um, has to do with hardware, um, and. Uh, and uh, the scripture says the man's gifts make a way. But I think your trade will make a way. And it's something that you can be confident that wherever, that wherever you go, your hands will find stuff to do. Like you'll, you'll find a way to, to make money so that you can do your vocation. Uh, and that, that gift is on you. And I think the Lord just wants to encourage you that it will always make a way. No sweat. No sweat. That's not, that's not one for you to worry about. For you and your family. Yeah, I'll try one. Um, so a blonde woman with a black jacket on, like behind Carrie, and she also has on a white collar shirt. Um, yeah, beside you. Yeah. Yeah, with the black jacket. Yeah, hi. Um, it felt like, like what I felt like that I sensed was that maybe you had recently had a loss or a strain in a relationship, like somebody that you... Um, cared about a lot. It felt like that it was more familial than it was friendship. And it felt like that there was some sort of strain or a loss there. Does that land at all? If it doesn't, it's okay. You lost your husband a long time ago? 13 years ago. Okay, interesting. Um, well, I'll give you the word, and then you can see if it, um, if it applies. Um, so what I felt like that I was seeing or what I felt like I heard from God was that he wanted to lift off a burden of grief. It almost felt like that it was a heavy jacket that was just always on. And, um, 
Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. Um, it was just always on, and it, it just felt like a lot, and like you had almost gotten used to walking around with it. And I felt like that he wanted to um, lift that off. And I, I saw you with, um, once, as it gets lifted, it was as if you could see the world differently. Like you had different glasses. And, you know, that saying of rose-colored glasses, like suddenly you could see new colors and you could see uh, new new levels of life like all around you and so i was asking god like what i think coming up for prayer afterwards um i'd love to pray with you but one of the things that i felt like he was saying because i was like you know grief isn't just gone in a moment when we've been walking with it so i felt like what he was saying a practical way that would help you would be a morning grateful routine sort of uh just taking a few minutes i don't think it would take more than five minutes of just meeting with God and seeing what you're grateful for this morning, what is good. And I saw that, I guess in that, it's like you're down praying and then when you come up, it's like you have those new lenses to look around and you can see the promise in the day. And something about like the sunrise and the new day each morning was just sort of helping you feel that freedom of not walking around with that like burden and weight um, of grief on you anymore. So I'd love to pray with you afterwards. Thanks. Back to Danelle. Um, yeah, I have a word for behind Jonathan, the man with the green jacket and black shirt. What is your name? Ben. Ben. Hi, Ben. Okay, so what I felt um, for you, Ben, so I saw you holding a shovel, like a long shovel, and it's um, it has two purposes. So the first is like to dig. So I felt like you're supposed to be digging into maybe some past stuff some past hurts and, and issues and challenges that you need to um, actually deal with now, like you're ready to actually go there and get healing from those things. Um, and I also felt like it was a staff, like a symbol of leadership. So as you do that and, and as you go through that process, you're then going to be able to lead other men to go through the same thing. Um, so I have a specific connection for you, um, somebody in our church who's doing like a men's kind of healing group, Brian Garris. So he gave me permission to give you his contact. If that makes sense for you, I can pray for you and give you that contact after. Okay. Ben, I also have something for you. Um, I felt like I, it's a time to kind of get a hold of the things that feel sharp, right? The things that kind of cut, that there's actually going to be power in them. So I see you kind of writing with like a knife. And I see you like there's an electricity of like an implement that you're grabbing hold of but it will actually be life and, and fruitfulness. And there's a lot of power in it. I think there's supernatural power in the thing that maybe you don't want to grab onto, um, the thing that you maybe don't want to write. Um, I think that it also has something possibly to do with like justice, right? The thing in the world that bothers you that also might trigger some things in your own life. You know, like it's actually going to be fruitful and powerful. You know, like He-Man gets that big old sword, but it like has tons of power and it's going to have an effect on you, but it's going to be life to you and, and life to others. Um, and I'm not sure if you're a writer, but I think that there's something about, you know, your story in that and, um, you know, fitting with kind of what Janelle shared. Yeah. He, he might not know who He-Man is. <laughs> I know that's really hard to believe, John. Yeah. 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 But I'm right, right next to. Then uh, yeah. uh, a strange word for you. Um, 
uh, just a word of wisdom from the Lord, I, I, I felt him say, this is, uh, think, think about your, your long-term path, your long-term career and what you want to do, uh, like, um, you know, kind of like vocationally and stuff like that. Um, and this is not the time for you to sacrifice short-term, for you, for you to take short-term opportunity and sacrificing a long-term path. Is, is, the, is the word of wisdom. Um, and I felt like you might get like these really good short-term like ministry opportunities. And you're like, well, I mean, does that really fit into my trajectory? Because I mean, you're young. Your trajectory is long before you. Um, and, um, and, and just to, to play the long game right now, uh, your long-term uh, calling. And that I see uh, as you kind of move along that long-term arc um, you being able not just to influence one place and a small group of people, but like you know, larger groups of people across uh, greater swaths of the world, um, and it's kind of bringing uh, health uh, structure uh, to people that way. Do you do something with health, medicine, something like that? No. Um, but some anyway. So just. A little navigating wisdom for you. Uh, right next to you, Ben. Um, I felt like that God wanted to really encourage you that like um, any lost dreams, lost hopes, I felt like I could see things that were kind of crumpled up and have been discarded and God was opening them. And a dash dream is even more powerful when the Lord restores it. And I feel like that's an... Uh, it's a, it's a season of kind of looking at those things that you're like, oh, I kind of, that didn't work out. That didn't work. And drawing those out. And then just don't trust when things go wrong. You know, don't trust. That's not a sign of God's um, love for you or care for you. That's, you know, there are other things in the world that are trying to get at you. But that there's this real power in you. And the power of hope is what, you know, you, you uniquely carry, I think. Does that seem to make sense? I'd love to pray with you a little bit around that later. Fern? Uh, I'm trying to work on now. All right. All right. Okay. Um, I have one for this woman kind of in the middle row. You're wearing a orange dress, orange flowery dress. Yes. What is your name? Lily. Hi, Lily. Um, so I felt like God is anointing you in this season um, with evangelism, specifically to family and friends where you're from. Are you from somewhere like cold? Like somewhere, somewhere that's like chilly, like cold a lot. Oh, no, I guess not. <laughs> where are okay. you from originally? Toronto. She was born in Toronto. Toronto. Okay. 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 I just I just saw you wear a scarf, and I was like, it's somewhere cold. So maybe yeah, it is a spiritual coolness. But I felt like you're um, going to return there and start to evangelize to family and friends, specifically in that area. So it was really. Yeah, geographically based. So in the area where you're from, you're going to evangelize there. Um, and that can be hard, right? In the Bible, like Jesus had a hard time going back to his hometown. 
to do things, but it's not going to be hard for you. You're going to like bust down doors in there. So just want to bless you with that um, encouragement and bless you with that spirit of evangelism in your own hometown. Um, this guy in the white shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really felt like you were looking, well, the, the message is that the Lord is right behind you and any place that you're kind of searching right now, I felt like it's a real time to the, the scripture of like the, the Lord goes before me, but the Lord is also my rear guard. It's in Isaiah. And, um, you see that you're looking for the Lord before you but also just know that he's right behind you. And I think it's a time to kind of slow down and, um, you know, be still and know that I am God. And that I think there's some things coming against you. And I think you're doing the right things. I see you, like, helping people. But it's kind of, people are messy and people are difficult. Um, And it's a good time to not trust the effectiveness of that and not, keep kind of pushing, but a good time to just pause and breathe, I think, in this season, like a cuckoo. Yeah. Does that seem to relate? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I can try one. Um, so a uh, lady in the very back row with a black hoodie, I think it's Hawaii shirt on it. Is this Hawaii or UH? Yeah. Um, so I, what I saw was like you in a social, to me, it means like community kind of like gathering. It was very lighthearted in a way. It felt like that it was here that I could see like the walls, like white walls and things like that um, behind you, but you were just like laughing and so carefree. And there's other, you know, like friends around you laughing. It was just like this absolutely joyous, carefree community and I was asking God about it and I felt like that maybe he just wanted to um, speak to you that a season of that is coming and I don't know if there has been some difficult seasons what I felt like was that there may have been seasons where community didn't feel carefree it didn't feel easy it didn't feel um the ways that you would hope, right? Like maybe there was judgments there. There was criticism. There was like, you felt like that you were walking on eggshells. And um, I think what God wants you to know is just that he's seen that and he has that community for you. And like what you have experienced in the past is not the predictor of what will be in the future. Like his promises are what is for you in the future. And so you don't have to expect to see the same. Like you can hold hope in your heart to see things a different way and to um, walk into the room and feel like that, hey, this is going to be good, you know, like to walk in with that hopefulness and that faithfulness. My turn. Uh, again, I, the gentleman in the... A gray shirt uh, right in front of you, Austin. I, uh, I know that you've been introduced to me before, but I forget your name. I'm sorry. Daryl. Daryl. Um, uh, Daryl, I saw you like, uh, uh, like before you, there's a bucket. You know, it's just full of stuff. It's like a bucket of blessing, and you're just kind of drawing from it, and you're sending out these, they look like little angelic figures to people in different geographic places. Uh, it's kind of like symbolic of sending out, um, you know, prophetic words and encouragement, words of power to other people, um, which is a nice picture. 
Um, but I, I, I think with it, the Lord uh, is saying a couple things. One, he's just encouraging you, saying like, you, uh, uh, you've been in a season of life where you've just kind of been filling, uh, your, you've been drawing from a place of blessing, you're kind of filling up your own spiritual life, and you haven't yet realized how much authority, uh, how much gifting that you have um, when it comes to sending spiritual words to other people. It's like, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach back to another geographic place with a person that I know, and I'm going to tell them what's really going on, right? I'm going to tell them what the Lord has done with me. I'm going to tell them what the Lord is doing with them, and they're going to pay attention to it because I've got some heft to my words, right? Because they really count now in a way that they did not count eight years ago. Um, and uh, is that a significant time period? Yeah. Um, and uh, um, so, so, so that's one. You know, it's like you've got to you've got to reach back and you've got to deliver these words. And as you do that, something will be fulfilled in you that will make you stronger and your life will make a, a lot more sense. And I feel like maybe you've been in a time of life as well. You've been thinking, well, maybe maybe this is the season where I need to make a shift. Maybe I need to make a geographic move again. Maybe I need to, you know, something I need to figure out. Is that right? Yeah. And and um, and the Lord, I think, wants to impress upon you. It's like, no, no. I mean, this is the place where you've drawn blessing. This is the place where you belong. Uh, like, you don't need to make a shift like that. You need to, you need to, uh, you don't need to go there to bless people. <laughs> you can bless them from here, right? And the stuff that you need to figure out in order to stay planted here where you are, you know, you need to figure out how to make a, a little better living. You know, you need to figure out, uh, how to get a little better uh, community thriving around you, just pursue that directly, right? Don't go someplace else and thinking that it will work out, right? You do it, you do it, you do it here. Like somebody's, somebody knows you and knows this is accurate. Is, is, that, is that what's going on? Um, and, then, and then what will happen is that uh, there's like a fence around you, but as you're like, well, I'm going to solve this problem here now, as you do that, then your fence will expand. You'll get a whole new wing, right? And then a whole new wing, and et cetera. Uh, but this is the place, and this is the time. And the stuff in other places that you got to solve, just send your word. But, like, minister abroad. No, excuse me. Minister elsewhere. But, dude, don't move elsewhere. That's, that's the word. Does that make sense? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> that's basically all I got to say. Daryl, I won't forget your name again. I'm sorry about that. I, I also had a word for you, which is about direction. Um, so just file it away. Um, but I saw you kind of asking the Lord, like, who am I running with? You know, who am I running with? Who is my, who are the people around me? And I felt like God saying, no, what are you running to? Right? Decide what you're running towards, which I think you know well. Your life is about things, Right. And that as you run towards those things, then you will find this tribe of people running with you. And that's your tribe, right? But decide, like, look around at who's pursuing the same things that you're pursuing. And then I saw you at times taking the point of the V. You know, there's something powerful. You know, birds, they fly in a V. There's something powerful about traveling with people. But don't ask who you're running with. Keep looking. I, I think you already know what you're running towards, which I think is this idea of, of prophetic words, this idea of encouragement, this idea of taking God seriously and kind of radically, right? You already know that. So 
pursue that and pretty soon you're gonna, I think you're already looking to your right and the left and going, oh, that person's running that same direction. Well then run with those people, right? Can I jump on Daryl? Is this, is this all Hi. for Daryl? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'll, I'll try to make it quick. So um, I saw just a really tall building just, just toppling over because it didn't have strong foundations. And just this idea, as you're looking to invest, search the foundations, right? Um, don't look at the impressive structures. Uh, don't look at, at kind of what, you know, what normally we would look at and say, oh, that's so amazing. Like, search the foundations of every place you're going to invest. Um, and especially look at those places that seem kind of run down, seem kind of humble, um, don't seem as impressive, but their foundations are strong, right? Look at the, the people and the work that is built on the Lord um, and invest there. So that's just a word, yeah. You don't get to say anything to Daryl because you know him. No, All right. Somebody else. You can sit, you can sit down. All right, so wait. I'll talk to you later. So let, let me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to move on from Daryl. Like, um, and, like, you guys got stuff coming. I have two quick ones. Two quick ones. One. And, all right, and then you. Do you want us to go in our order? I'm just going to go. Yeah, I'm trying to be. Make it fast. I'm trying to be organized. It's um, not my gift, but I'm trying to be organized. Right next to Beth, Mary. Mary Lou. Mary Lou. Mary Lou. Mary Lou, could you stand up? I really felt like God really impressed upon me the power of sweetness over bitterness. Mm-hmm. And that you, I think, sometimes end up, I think maybe even in the workplace or in your life, there are sometimes some bitter voices, mm-hmm. perhaps a, even a boss, and that you're a real offset for that. The idea of like, personally, I hate drinking just black coffee. And you're like the, you, you sweeten the whole environment around you and trust that sweetness. It's not something you're doing wrong. There's nothing that you've done wrong. But sometimes you end up around these people that are a little bit toxic. And the Lord has protection for you of how to continue to sweeten everything and bring the beauty and bring the grace that you bring. And it does change things. It changes things for people all around you. So I'd love to pray with you. And then you had another one? Yes. Oh, right here by Hillary. I just felt like it's really short. But in this season, it's a really good time to buckle up. So there's this idea of you kind of sitting back and just taking things in. And God's with that. But buckle up. Buckle right? up. Some, buckle up why, John? Because some very fast... Fast ins- movement? Fast movements coming, like um, being suddenly launched to something. And so, yes, sit back and soak in, but just do the things to prepare yourself to be um, really secure, right? Really do the things to, uh, in, in faith for that, I think, propulsion that's coming. And then Vern had one? Yeah. Uh, for the gentleman here in an Aloha shirt, um, yeah, you. Could you stand up? I felt like that I could just, God was revealing just sort of the, the gift of being able to create community and sort of shift the spiritual atmosphere. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Uh, you do. Okay. So I just feel, I felt like that God was highlighting that you have that gift and wanted to reiterate that and just call it out. Like when you host a space 
for people to enter into or if you're in a space and you're actually like really showing up as your full self, like you are creating the atmosphere of joy for others to walk into. So it's like they come in and maybe they've been carrying some things, but when they see you and they see your face and they see your eyes and they see your um, smile, suddenly that melts off and they feel like that warm sunshine come over them. So I just think that you have that gifting. I don't know if you're hosting people, if you're running a small group, if you're involved in like uh, social community activities, those kinds of things, but you're gifted for that. And people need you because not everybody can shift that spiritual atmosphere for an individual. Like it changes how they feel when they walk into a room with you there. And I just feel like God wants to iterate. It's important that you're there. It's important that you show up. Yeah. Mm. You walked away from it. Yeah. So I think God just wants to say you have that gifting. Yeah. You got to be part of the fellowship. That's your place, man. We have another couple of words for you as well. Yeah. So are you, is that done, Albert? All right. So, yeah, I feel that, that the Lord's actually calling you to kind of a new venture in this season. And it might be related to community, but that you might be looking around and saying, oh, look, what, Ask, ask the Lord what new venture, but it might be related community, but I actually saw um, something related to clothing. Um, kind of threw me, I was like, where is that coming from? But maybe there's something related to community and how things are woven together. Um, that the Lord's calling you to, to start or initiate or build community and space. So I think that ties in with her word. Um, and think about that, maybe asking what, what, what new thing are you wanting me to start or to jump into? Something that maybe you, you don't feel entirely comfortable doing, um, but that the Lord's on. So, and then we have one more word for you. So community as well. Um, I saw that you were behind closed doors building vessels to support others and send them out. And you had been doing that methodically and consistently, but people didn't see that. Um, You and those people that you had sent out knew that was happening. And I think that you're in a season of opening the doors, walking out, and being recognized for the support that you've been giving others and that you had like in the dark that you had been doing. And I think there's a time of walking in your authority that you hadn't been doing. I think you need to step into a new position of authority in your community um, that is rightfully yours because of the the labor that you've done behind closed doors to support others. But it's a time to step into the light and be seen for that. Bless you, man. Um, So if you're done, Vern, you can sit down and make some space. Did you have any more, Janelle? All right, we're clear. Step on over here, Samuel, and a couple others. If you have words to throw up, we'll share one or two words apiece. And we got, I don't know, eight more minutes to get this done. Amen. Bro, remind me your name. Which bro are we talking about? I'm looking right in his eyeballs. He's acting like I don't see him. No, no, not Steve. I know you, Steve. Come on, bro. Right behind Steve. Color? (laughs) Yes, yes. Rogers. Um, um, so I'm trying not to go from what my brain knows, but I see you sitting um, at this workstation and your seat, you're looking at charts and different things like that. And what's wild is uh, it looks like these charts are going down precipitously, but you aren't panicked. In fact, as they're going down, um, you're going up. And I hear the Lord say like Goshen. And for what, what that means to me is while the rest 
of Egypt was in famine, Goshen was the one place in Egypt that they still had rain. And so while the rest of the market might be panicking, I feel like the Lord's actually favoring you. And I don't know if that means like you're buying options or you're, I don't know what that means other than everybody else is panicking, but you're not. Like there's something that he's speaking to you and teaching you that's allowing you to have not just peace, but confidence while everything else is, is flipped upside down. And this is kind of wild. My brother sitting, sitting right next to him in the black. Uh, could you stand up too? This is wild. I ain't never done this before. Like I actually feel like there's like this magnetic kingdom coupling between y'all's friendship. And I don't even know if y'all kick it yet. I don't even know if y'all spent, I don't, like, I don't even know if y'all spent time to kill it yet. <laughs> but, but, but I feel like, I feel like there's, there's a grace. Ooh, yeah. I feel like there's a grace on your life to give people perspective. That, that to help people see more clearly what reality is. Not just what uh, their eyes can see, but what the spiritual reality of something is. Like almost like you're causing scales to fall off people's eyes and a veil to be lifted off of their face. And uh, yeah, I feel like there's gonna be a real special grace on you two being homies, you two running together. Bless you. Yeah, so actually I had a word for you in the green hoodie. I know you got one already. And I, didn't, I, was, I was thinking about standing up, but I thought I'd wait. Um, so I think the word you got before was about paper being crumpled and like thrown. And I think the Lord's, wants to affirm some, some of the creative passions that you have? Things that you, like, are, are, are you an artist? No? Do you have any, like, kind of creative venture that you do or something that you like to do creatively? Okay, that's what it is. Okay, here's what it is. The Lord's going to use cooking prophetically for you. Um, so I, what I saw was, like, it was funny. It was, my initial image was a post-it note. So when she said crumpled, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is resonating. There's something with this. But for you, it's cooking, and so the Lord's going to use your cooking prophetically, just like we are on this mic. How can you cook something and bring the kingdom to someone with what you cook? And so I think that's something that you're going to have to ask the Lord, how do you want me to use cooking prophetically? But I think you could use it really powerfully. I think maybe it is just simply asking the Lord before you bake who this is for. It might be as simple as that. And then asking for him to give you the words when you deliver I don't know, cupcakes, brownies, what's, what's, what's your thing? <laughs> but whatever it is, I, the Lord's going to use that as a tool to build his kingdom. And I mean, it, I, mean I love cookies. I, if you want to bring brownies to me, I, I'd love that. <laughs> a little thank you. No, But seriously, use that. I, I, it's going to be a powerful tool in your life. Um, and he wants, it, he wants you to use it not just cooking for fun, but cooking for kingdom. So keep that in mind. It's got a word for chance. Uh, so, um, I think there's some folks close to you, maybe close friends or family that are kind of living off of or stealing your spiritual fruit, kind of the, the things that you've cultivated and developed in yourself. Um, and they maybe they don't know the Lord as well, or maybe they don't know the Lord at all. And they're just kind of surviving off of what you have cultivated in your life. Um, and I think the word is to, to help them find their own fruit, right? To help them find what God is doing in their life instead of just sustaining them with what you're doing. Um, the, the vision that I saw was actually um, the chicken from Moana. Hey, hey. <laughs> and he was like pecking at the tomatoes in, in our garden at K2. Um, and, you know, instead of just like protecting the fruit, really the idea is, no, give the chicken something else to eat, right? Um, and so I think those, those folks who don't know the Lord as well in your life, um, you know, 
help them find their own spiritual fruit, what God is doing in their life, instead of just providing fruit from your own life for them. That makes sense? Okay. I have a brief one for you, Chance, while you're standing. Uh, the Lord's symbol for uh, capability uh, for me is like a tin can, uh, things you can do. Get it? Uh, and, uh, and I saw, you know, when you first open a tin can, there's that sort of sharp lid that you take off. And I saw, I saw uh, the Lord sort of opening new capabilities in you, but pointing out to me the sharp edge of the lid being removed. And I think what the Lord is saying is like, look, you're about to enter... Uh, this season of life when you really be expanding in your capabilities and your impact, but part of that for you will mean you you cutting things off, so like cutting off some other things. So you have to make a choice about what to cut away, you know, because there's a sharp edge to your advance. Does that make sense? And so just a symbol that he gave me uh, to explain that uh, for you. Don't be shy about new opportunities and don't be shy about letting go of old ones. Got one more? I think so. All right, we'll do just a couple more, guys, before you take off. So uh, wave at me if you've got a word. So my brother here in the white shirt. Yeah. Again? Yeah. Holy Spirit's on you, man. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I, all right, Holy Spirit, I'm going to just follow you just on this Just say one. it. So have you ever seen an animated show called Johnny Bravo. <laughs> you heard of it? Okay, okay, cool. Don't, don't focus too much on, on what, what the Holy Spirit's highlighting about, about him is that he never quit. Like there's something that the Lord, I almost feel like the Lord's reigniting a fire in your belly that you would not quit pursuing the passions that are in you. Um, that there are things that have tried to like shake you off of uh, shake you off of the thing that you felt in your, like I'm made for this, right? Like I feel like I'm made for this and everything around you like, no, 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 bro, just calm that down. Do something else. Like, but you're good at stuff. You're good at other stuff. Do some other stuff, but no, but there's something right here that says that I'm made for this. And I, 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 I the sense that I get is just so close to the tipping point like uh, like intercessory like intercessory prayer that like it's like you pray you pray you pray you pray and then the thing breaks open. I feel like you're nearing this season where what you've been crying out for, what you've been believing God for, is about to like tip over, and you're gonna experience like what you've been hungering for. Could you put any specifics on that, Sam? Holy Spirit, what specific? It's okay. If it's, not, it's, is this something you've been designing or, or something you've been desiring to like build or create specifically like an app or something like that? No, not for Okay, okay, okay. All right. I just thought I'd ask. Uh-huh. Iron sharpens iron. So, like, uh, biblically, that's just an encouragement for fruitful partnership. Uh, ask for fruitful partnership. And John has one. Thank uh, you. The couple right here with the glasses, uh, I think it's a couple. I don't know if it's, it could be single, uh, but um, yeah, you with the glasses. 
the gal. Yeah, you know, you're turning back and forth. I'm sorry. I'm looking right oh, at Alexis. you. Oh, Alexis. Alexis. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. And then. I'm sorry. Are you guys a couple? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm sorry. I don't know you. I'm John. Good to meet you guys. What's your names? Alexis and Daniel. Daniel. Um, so I could be way off, but I felt like you guys are on mission. Uh, like this is this is a church that's on mission. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of dashed hopes, like seriously dashed hopes that you've been facing and that God is using this church specifically for retraining. It's almost like a schooling uh, that you're in. And it's a season for you to really press into relationships and home groups. And, and it can be partnering with other people for even going out and serving at different levels. But I, I feel like there's a there's an equipping that God's using, uh, this church specifically, for what your greater purposes are. Am I off? I'm sorry. I'm going way on here. So, okay. Let's keep talking. So, yeah. Okay. Um, anyhow, so I just want to bless what God's doing for you and that he would just expand that. And, and, and maybe publicly, I hesitated for a long time to say it because normally I don't, well, I'm new to this church, but anyhow, um, also that, like, I, I prefer sometimes to do words privately just so you can work it out, but sometimes the, the, the public word comes because there's a, a greater equipping that happens, and so I feel like I'm just trying to be obedient with what the Lord's showing me uh, there, and then I have a word on healing, I don't know if it's, it's greater for the, for, so that's all I have for you guys, um, and then I, I had a, a general word, um, for healing, and it, it might be more for ministry, uh, but it's specifically about urine problems. I, I know it might sound weird, but like if there's bladder, liver, kidney, gallbladder, um, any any kind of tract, anything, I'd like to just say a general prayer, real quick. If you just pop up, I'm just going to pray for a bunch of people who are facing. What this, this is is know? sometimes the Lord points out conditions that uh, He wants to make sure to heal. Uh, before you leave so like physical conditions and so what John's saying well if you have something in like the urinary tract that you need to heal it's one of those organs something like that stand up and and then but the just Lord, be a quick prayer and, yeah. and just extend hands and we're just going to try to just pray and ask God to move on this so if anybody I just say I just want to give a moment that if there is something don't hesitate like this could be your moment to receive he actual healing uh Jordan said, make it real. We're trying to make it as real as possible right now. Okay. So I'm, I'm still being patient because I felt like there were several people that have this. Okay. There's no shame here. God sees it all. Okay. So it's all about his power. So Lord Jesus, in your name, we ask for healing to move. Touch these bodies now, Jesus. Solve it, Lord. Solve it. Bless you, Lord. More. Come, Holy Spirit. Just Solve move. It, Restoration there. Change the systems, God. Change them. Bring healing. If there's trouble sleeping at night, I just break that off of you in Jesus' name. I pray that your sleep would be sweet. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. All right, amen. Look, we're out of time. Um, so can I have the prayer ministry team come forward, please? And we end every Blue Water service by just inviting you to come receive prayer if you've come with a need. Maybe you need healing in your bodies. Uh, that's always a good one. We have lots of cool healing stories. Or maybe uh, you had a, a question for the Lord that didn't get answered publicly and you'd like them to listen for you privately. That's great, too. Come forward. 
Uh, there'll be more of them up here in a second. And they'll just like pray for you uh, for a few minutes and ask the Lord to do for you uh, what uh, you need done. Um, the Lord speaks uh, all the time. Uh, the challenge, of course, is just to organize it. Uh, but I know that the Lord is speaking to you now. It's a question worth asking yourself. What's the Lord said to me recently? It's a question worth asking one another. What's the Lord been saying to you recently? Uh, because the entire arc of the Bible is God speaking supernaturally to people, people responding and cool things happening. And that is the sort of thing that can shape your life and the sort of thing that can make you a shaper of lives around you. It is the heart of our relationship with God. And I just encourage you to pay attention to this very basic thing, to do it with faith and to get better at it and to lean into what the Lord says to you. Because if you try to respond to something that the living God says to you, it will take more faith, not less. You won't be able to pretend anymore that God is not calling you to things and that the Lord is not active in your life and the Lord is active in your life. I don't care whether you're a mature believer or a beginning seeker. There's something going on and he's saying something to you. 